Hi, this is a podcast for the best bits of the Breakfasters. Breakfasters is a Monday to Friday breakfast show broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia. Triple R. Joining us for Milestone Wednesday Wisecrackouts, good friend Laura Dunneman. Hi, Laura. Hello, guys. Do I do I sound a little bit different? You know, I'm trying to come at this from a different angle to Friday Funny Bugger because oh, I hear yeah. they're completely different segments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't you didn't get a theme tune. You didn't get an intro. Any intro yeah. music today? No yeah. intro music. I tell yeah. you what. That could be a plus. We've we've debated about that. Thing. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who was responsible, yeah. but it hasn't been a good thing in our lives. Let's blame Jeff Sparrow for that. <laughs> Come up with it. <laughs> How are we all going, Sarah? How are you going with your final week before maternity leave? Yeah, good. I'm excited. I can't believe yeah. I'm down to the last couple of days. It's so it's such a special time maternity leave and I hope that you really enjoy it and you I guys really are going to miss there aren't you yes heaps mm. Mm. Daniel, I missed miss the question oh, oh yeah sorry of course <laughs> <laughs> I mean I thought normally you were snoozing off by Friday <laughs> no no I think we're all we're all sort of a bit in denial as well absolutely yeah. absolutely um and Daniel have you been sharing like baby stories and birth stories with Sarah to prepare her? Um, no, because I don't want to terrify Sarah or oh. – we're all on our own newborn journey. You know what I'm saying? Well, that's what I've come here to do actually. <laughs> <laughs> I realise that, first of all, I've got two things I want to do and they're both for you today, Sarah, because – you're embarking on a very special journey. The first one is I realised that I never really talked about when my baby was born on the radio because there were some real classic humdingers that went <laughs> down that I thought Triple R listeners might want to hear. And also I've written you an acrostic poem. Oh, oh so poem. Yeah, because you're so good at acrostic poems. Um yeah, so I'm going to talk a little bit about my birth, which I'm sure everyone is dying to hear. <laughs> like, just I I know the bits about your birth, and I just suggest to everyone to just have a seat and strap in. <laughs> how long? How long was Jesse's birth, Daniel? Um, oh, 25, 30 minutes. It was. It, look, it, no, it was less than twenty four hours, but it was. Uh, it was. Uneventful. It was pretty successful. Yeah, well, mine was 29 hours, so I win. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's the way it goes. If you have a longer one, then you win. <laughs> no. You get it you get a healthy baby in the end. Um, I actually I actually had to change hospitals. Oh. In Did my you? birth. Yeah. I was due to go to one hospital and then that hospital, apparently they didn't tell me that this could happen, but they were full. <gasps> oh, so, yeah, no room at the inn. Oh, Mary. <laughs> I got sent away. So I got sent to a new hospital, right? And and this was about 12 hours into my labour. I'd, I'd, I'd seen Geraldine in my early stages, actually, mm. hadn't I? Yeah, I popped around an of, episode of Survivor with you. It was, the, it was the first episode of Survivor, actually, yeah. Survivor All-Stars. <laughs> Anyway, so I I won't go through everything, but one of the great things that happened was that I changed hospital. And because of that, I kind of stopped going into labour because I felt so unsafe, I guess. Or like, you know, the plan had changed. It can Mm. happen. Probably won't happen to you, Sarah. But anyway, there was this doctor there who tried to send me home. Did you ever try, did you, did Jesse ever get like threatened to be sent home? We've, we were sent home, yes. So when I say 24 hours, it was, yeah, yeah, it'd be like come back tomorrow, you know, come back later. Yeah, it, it was, I was you know. not having it. I was not. <laughs> I'm saying put. <laughs> I was not going back home. This particular hospital that I had to walk into while I was having contractions, there were junkies out the front. There were dogs. <laughs> Like dogs pissing on the street Um, and it it was traumatic. So I was like, I'm not leaving this hospital. And then this doctor 
who I'll never, you know how you'll never forget these figures in your life, this doctor whose name was Trace, um, shout out to Trace. I won't name the hospital. They were fantastic in the end. She kept on saying, I'd been in it for 12 hours, right? She kept on saying she's in very early labour. She's in she's in incredibly early labour and she said that it wouldn't happen for five days to me <gasps> and threatened to give me a Panadol and send me home. <gasps> so I started crying and then she told me that she'd had eight kids and that all I had to do was count to 30. <gasps> Which okay. I call I call bullshit on. I don't think Trace's had eight kids, but um, <laughs> was you, oh I don't understand. Is, is this the I was doctor? Count to thirty, like for the pain when I had a contraction, but the oh. contraction went for more than thirty seconds. <laughs> so what Just happened? Start again. Count to thirty again. It count back down again, up and down the mountain. I don't know. Octomum. <laughs> Um, yeah, exactly. Well, I was looking a lot like Octo Mum. Then they, they, it was getting, then it sort of came back and I was having these strong contractions and they asked me if I wanted to go in the bath, like not to give birth in the bath, but just to have a bath mm-hmm. for my pain. So, but it was down the corridor, right? And I don't know if you're like this, Sarah, but I'm very modest. I decided that when I give birth, I'll be clothed and I'll just, I'll just pop my underwear off just briefly <laughs> have the baby and then put them back on again, right? But I would definitely, like, have a robe on or I'd be, you know, I'd be covered. And so they said, they said, oh, you know, we've got this bath for you. You've got to come down the corridor. So I was like, okay, I'll, I'll wear my underwear and my robe, right, to go to the bath. So I went and we were in the bath for about five hours and then over that time things escalated and I was just – not caring about being naked anymore whatsoever. And they said, okay, let's get out of the bath and go back to the delivery room. And by that stage, the thought of putting on a garment or an item of clothing disturbed me so much. I thought, oh, this, there's, it's only midwives here. I'm just going to walk naked down. Oh, my God, you did a nudie run. <laughs> I did a nudie run. <laughs> But what they don't tell you is that sometimes they let families into the birthing suite and as I was mid-contraction and completely naked doing a nudie run down the hallway, I passed a family of three young boys. (laughs) (laughs) And um, my husband, Dan, just looked at them and said, G'day, lads. And I didn't care. So that's a lesson for you, Sarah. Just don't worry about it because you won't care about who sees you. Like three young children, you won't care if they see you completely, fully naked and pregnant. Just let go of your inhibitions. Reassuring. Yeah. Um, Another piece of advice I have for you as well is to not scream too much. I thought that I wasn't going to scream. I didn't want to moo like a cow. But... um, because often, often women in labour do moo like a cow, but I was like, I was mooing, I was roaring, I was screaming. And I remember this midwife who was the head midwife, her name was Wendy, I'll never forget her. She came right up into my face and she put her nose, her glasses to the end of her nose and she said, now, darling, you need to stop screaming because you are <gasps> going to lose your voice. <sighs> oh. oh. Yeah. yeah. Get out. Like, yeah. Hear about my voice. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. That's weird. Uh, Who cares if you lose your voice? I think she I think she cared if I lost my voice. <laughs> I mean, it's a beautiful voice. I don't want you to lose your voice either. But It'll I, come back. I know. Well, I guess you want to talk to people after you've had a baby. <laughs> yeah. Baby was just annoying her and she's like, you can't say you need to stop screaming because it's annoying me. So you have to think yeah. of a reason that the person might care about. I have a feeling it might have been disturbing the ward. <laughs> It was pretty loud, um, but that's that. But you're gonna be you're gonna be fine, and um, like they they're the best midwives, doctors. They know exactly what they're doing, and yeah, they had they also had to keep reminding me, you're gonna meet your baby, your baby's coming, you're gonna meet your baby because you actually forget that you're gonna meet that that's what you're there for. Right. You just think you're there for a really fucked up experience. <laughs> <laughs> And so they literally have to remind you that this is why you're here. You're here to have your baby. So just remember that. 
Um, but yeah, we'll all be thinking of you and can't wait to see the little one and hear about um, about it. But now I've got your acrostic poem. Shall I do that before I leave? Yeah, please. Yeah. So it's the acrostic poem is Sarah because that's your name. <laughs> very short. <laughs> yeah, it is very short, but we've it's five, it's eight fifty three, so probably good. Okay, S. S is for sex because that's how you got yourself into this situation. (laughs) That's the case for most of us unless you're having IVF treatment. A A is for am I going to poop? That's what a lot of people ask about birth. And, yes, Sarah, you are going to poop. (laughs) I did and you will as well. Do you know I had someone that whose job it was just to look after that? Oh. <laughs> All right. So enjoy that. I don't think I want the rest of this frosty cold. Ah, R is for resentment because it's what you'll feel towards your partner. <laughs> right, Daniel? Yes, yes. Well, and I was a strong and beautiful, powerful birthing partner. Or I had some mantra. <laughs> you'll you'll get pissed off with them just for breathing. Trust me. <laughs> the image of Dan eating a chicken schnitzel burger in the corner of the delivery. Will <laughs> be with me forever. Um, and this one's for after the the baby awake because that's what you'll be all the time. <laughs> I'm so happy I spent five years doing breakfast radio before I have a chance. <laughs> and lastly, H, here's to parenthood. You're going to be a great mum. You're a fantastic, caring and dedicated person and that's all you need. Aww. So I ended on a sweet note. Isn't that beautiful? That, that made up for the first half of that poem. <laughs> <laughs> My pleasure. But seriously, all the all the best and I'm sure you've got all the Triple R listenership behind you. Oh, thanks, Dano. You've um, instilled me with confidence. (laughs) (laughs) And a few other things, hopefully. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Laura, fantastic stuff. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Nice to see you guys. You too. Bye. Triple R. Well, if we needed reminding, 2020 has demonstrated that much in life is beyond our control, with countless Australians vulnerable to unexpected hardship. That's why a new campaign for the website Ask Izzy aims to connect people in need nationally with nearby support services. And on the line to tell us about it is youth drug and alcohol counsellor, musician from Melbourne Three Piece, Loose Tooth, and spokesperson for Ask Izzy, Nellie Jackson. Nellie, welcome to Breakfasters. Thanks so much. That makes me sound so well-rounded. Well, you are. (laughs) I know. I don't feel (laughs) well-rounded. None of us do in a pandemic. That's going to be my intro everywhere I go, even to lunch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What is it about Ask Izzy that's seen you lend your passion and advocacy and support? Yeah, I was using it um, in my workplace sort of quite regularly anyway. So when they approached me, I thought, oh, well, that kind of works really well. And, you know, I probably would never want to support something I really don't believe or haven't used or don't understand fully. And I think um, it's, I I just think it's a really good website for people who maybe um, have never accessed services before or don't even know what that looks like um, to to sort of have a starting point, a really good starting point, because basically how it works is you just write in where you are and it brings up all sorts of um, help services around you. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I really believe in in what it does and um, I was really honoured, actually, to for them to ask me. For those who don't know you outside of music, what does your role as um, a youth drug and alcohol counsellor involve and how, how is kind of Ask Izzy played a part in that how do you use it yeah sure so I I work with young people who are coming off drugs and alcohol in a residential setting which means they come in and um sort of detox in um the place where I work and my role is to support them through that basically and I think ask Izzy well how I've been using it 
is if people want to, you know, because that's just one place and we know recovery has a lot of different facets to it. So um, we do a lot of referring on to other services. So I use Ask Easy particularly because I don't know every service in Victoria. Um, I'm just one man. So (laughs) I can type in like, you know, Johnny lives in Springvale and, you know, here's some services around there or Sarah lives in Elwood and here's some services around there. So it's it's good for me to be able to have a bit of a, a tool bag. Is that a word, tool bag? Yeah. 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 Tool, tool bag. kit. Tool kit. I have my little tool kit um, and I can sort of say, well, hang on, here's a, here's a mental health service around your area that you can access and here it is or – it's even it's not just mental health and AOD, which is alcohol and other drugs. It's like um, health, like doctors, Centrelink, food, places to yeah. stay. You know, so it's got it's got everything. So that's how I use it. And then I also tell people about it. You know, if you're ever stuck, just use this website and you can find out what's around you. Yeah, can you? So it offers. 370,000 services listed across yep. Australia. So it lists them. Can you can you drill down into some of the categories uh, yeah. that people might require? Of course. So where do you say drill down? <laughs> well, say, say if you, you know, what sort of legal concerns might a person want where they would go to Ask Izzy? Yeah, sure. So, okay, yep, I, I get you now. So I didn't really understand drill down. I've never heard that. Same. Oh, <laughs> you obviously don't have it in your toolkit. Yeah. <laughs> Drill down. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so I think at the moment um, something I'm really passionate about is um, that obviously we're in this, like, whole new world and along with that whole new world, people who maybe um, have never really had concerns with money or mental health or housing um, are experiencing those things. And with Ask Izzy, for for example, if I um, suddenly felt really low and my mental health started to become a concern, I was like, I don't know, like, what the hell do you do with that? I don't even know where to start. You know, that's um, something that I would use Ask Izzy for to, to write in mental health services around me and up comes some stuff or housing is a big one as well. Um, like if you don't have a place to live, like what, what do you do? You know? Mm. So, um, you can go on there and look for housing support, um, food, you know, they've got places where you can eat for free and things like that. Um, there's so many different, um, categories on there. It's even like you can look where toilets are around you. And I know that sounds so, um, Trivial to some. Yeah, but to to people that are living rough or sleeping rough, that's a really important thing to be able to find at the drop of a hat. Um, Yeah. Yeah. How long has Ask Izzy been around and is this a a new push? Is it supported by organisations in particular or the government or...? um... Yeah, it's been around for ages, but um, like many years. But um, I think, you know, because of the current climate... um, they got a little bit of a push through the Victorian government. They're actually getting um, a tram in Melbourne, like with some Ask Izzy design on it just to, um, I think, you know, tell people that at the moment it's it's okay to ask for help and it's not unusual that lots of people, you know, lots of people are going through things right now and it's really important that um, people know about services and websites out there that where they can find out this information because you know I work in the field so I know a lot of this stuff but I can understand how it can be so um daunting for people who who just like don't even know where to start well as we said at the start you people do know you a lot of Triple listeners will know you as a musician as well you play in the band Loose Tooth yeah and the music I mean, the music industry and the music community has been pretty hard, hit, hit pretty hard by this pandemic, particularly gigging musicians, live music venues. How have you been navigating the pandemic as a musician and and, and what have you seen the effects of that on, I guess, the community around you? Mm, it's shocking. I think people feel really lost and people feel like, well, what do I do now? And, you know, I think for me I've always, and Edda and Luke and stuff, we've um, – 
I think we've handled it pretty well, but, you know, there's so much uncertainty. We can't even catch up and write music. I think that's this funny thing. People are like, well, you know, at least people have time to be writing an album. It's like, well, but you can't connect with your bandmates. Like you can't, mm-hmm. I can't even see them. Like where's the passion in that? Like how inspiring to be sitting in a room like on Skype staring at each other. It's just, it's just not how we work. <laughs> can so, relate, Ellie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> so I think, you know, I've seen, obviously I have lots of friends who are musos and like some people are just, yeah, uh, with no judgment at all, people are really struggling because, you know, I could talk about this for hours, but I think lots of people's identity are wrapped up in music and lots of people have put their whole hopes and dreams into music and perhaps they don't have a plan B and, you know, people have now had to start asking these questions to themselves, like what is it going to look like and how long is it going to be? And that's pretty huge stuff to be asking yourself and, um, yeah, so of course that starts to get really um, depressing, I think. Mm. Um, I think you go in waves like, no, it's okay, everything will be fine, and then (laughs) you're like, what the hell's going on? And, yeah, it's just really, um, it's really tricky and I think people are really doing the best they can, but, you know, it's it's the question mark of the century like when will things open up what will it look like um can I ever play music again etc etc and then there's like funding and money and people's livelihoods and it's just really full-on can my puppy's gone I have a puppy I got an ISO puppy (laughs) like riffing up all this plastic and I'm trying to stay cool It's an but, absolutely occupational hazard. Lately, we've got spiders, puppies, birds. This this show's seen them all. I wouldn't oh, yeah. worry about it. I had a real moment with the spider last week anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> um, you can type into Ask Izzy. Um, no, you can't. <laughs> they don't do that. I'm such, a, I'm such a pusher, aren't I? Like, I'm a really good hype man for Ask Izzy. <laughs> Anything. Well, yes. Well, apart from uh, apart from dogs, dog issues, to access yep. a huge variety of support services uh, that connects people on things like a safe place to stay, emergency food, clothing and healthcare, the website is askizzy.org.au. And it's free and anonymous, isn't it? Of course, yes, definitely. So you can, you know, be be behind your computer world to start looking into those. Computer world is a... Um, phrase that I've just coined so it's like <laughs> put it in your tool bag yeah I'm putting it in my tool bag with my drill bits what was it uh all right well youth drug and alcohol counselor and uh, ask easy advocate Nellie Jackson good luck with the dog wrangling and thanks heaps thank you so much for having me cheers triple ah uh. To debrief last night's federal budget and on loan from Uncommon Sense, we're fortunate to be joined by writer, journalist and researcher Ben Eltham. Morning, Ben. Good morning, guys. How are you? Excellent. Big night. Uh, Yeah, it was up fairly late, as often is the case, uh, looking over the budget documents. And, uh, And what stuck out for you? Billions and billions of dollars to big business. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and is is that is so? Uh, what's the general vibe here? That it's necessary? That it's ideological? That uh, there are there are many ways to skin this cat? And Josh Friedberg has chosen the uh, coalition way. What do you make? Yeah, of that? yeah. I think that's about right, actually. So uh, the government clearly needed to spend a lot of money because the economy is in the toilet. All right, so um, GDP is dropping like a stone. I think it's going to contract by about 7% in the June quarter. Uh, you know, unemployment's obviously bad. We're in, the, we're in a deep recession. Uh, so conventional economics says that you should spend from the federal government to try and get out of that problem. Now, what you do with that spending then becomes an ideological issue, and that's where the, the coalition's ideological proclivities have come to the fore because what they've done is decided 
to give all of the spending, nearly all of the spending, in the form of tax cuts and also in the form of handouts to big business. Um, and so there's a lot of concern from the economists that I talk to, as well as from the welfare sector, that the money's not going to go to the people who really need it. So just to take the most obvious example, they're going to be winding back job keeper and job seeker, uh, and there'll be no new money to permanently raise the rate of job seeker. So that's a real concern for people who are without a job going forward. Mm. And oh, Sorry, I was just going to say, in the, just quickly, because you mentioned the tax cuts, because the tax cuts have led a lot of the headlines. However, they're a bit kind of tricky, aren't they? It's, it's a bit deceptive that they've brought forward this so-called lower income tax cut um, but we're not in a year's time. The tax cut isn't going to be as beneficial. Is that correct? Yeah. So I mean, I don't think it's tricky in the sense that you know it is an actual tax cut, and people who are paying tax will pay less tax uh, pretty much as soon as the budget is passed. Uh, the question is uh, how economically effective the tax cuts will be. Most of the value of the tax cuts go to high-income earners, to rich people, quite frankly. Um, the, the value of the tax cuts really ramps up for incomes over $120,000, which is, of course, not very many people. It's the minority of income earners. Uh, there is a roughly $1,000 low to middle-income tax offset, uh, which most middle-income tax earners will get. So that will obviously be welcome. Um, but of course, you know, you'll have to do your tax come uh, June next year to get that money. Um, but um, people who are paying tax right now will start to pay less tax once the budget's passed. But the issue is, you know, will that actually create that many jobs? Uh, and um, certainly people that I talk to are a bit worried about that. They think that, you know, there's a good chance that a lot of people will save that money and they won't spend it. And, of course, people need to spend it if the economy is going to get out of the, the problems that it's in. Uh, what about the uh, the strategy to focus on the six areas? Is, is that hitting the mark? Um, the resources, technology and critical minerals processing, food and beverages, medical products, recycling and clean energy and defence and space. Is that is is that a, just a good headline or is there yeah, something? Yeah, that's just pure spin, I reckon. Um, you know, the bulk of the money that's going out in the budget is not really targeted to those particular areas. The bulk of it's going out in these kind of uh, bespoke business handouts, things like the loss carryback provision, which is one for the accountants out there. Um, but that's basically if you made a profit in 2017 or 2018, the government will give you money if you're a business. <laughs> so it's just a way of shoveling money to big business. Now, the question is, you know, will that money uh, actually go to create jobs or will it just be handed straight to shareholders in the form of higher dividends? And what do you think about this uh, this thirty five year old cap um, for uh, for the ca the cash payments to employ people under the age of thirty five? Is that do, does the government just have to draw the line somewhere and they've hit the mark properly, or does Jim Chalmers have a point that you know it just excludes too many people over that age? Yeah, of course he's got a point. I mean, you know, like clearly uh, the pandemic recession has hit young workers hard, so that's an area that needs to be addressed. Uh, but it's also hurt women very badly and it's also hurt older workers badly and there's nothing for those demographics in this budget. It's a really patriarchal budget, actually, if you look at it. Um, most of the wage subsidies, uh, as you say, are going to people under 35, but then there's money for apprenticeships, which, again, will be mostly male workers workers will take them up. Um, the government, you know, had a little bit of money for um, women's equality and, and a few sort of uh, female labour market initiatives, but it's like $200 million. It's a drop in the ocean. Uh, so I think it's uh, quite a gender-biased budget, um, and that's sort of in keeping with the, the kind of general tenor of the budget, which is it's all about looking after the coalition's uh, base, if you like, and it's sort of favoured ideological priorities. So construction gets help. Uh, you know, the corporate sector gets a lot of help, uh, but there's there's nothing for social housing, for example. Uh, there's nothing for higher education, which, as we found out yesterday, is about to have the, the legislation passed that will cut funding to the whole sector. Mm -hmm. uh, there's very little for social services. You know, there's not even that much for aged care. 
And what about culturally for the country uh, and our relationship with stimulus and one side of politics, you know, shit canning it forever, you know, the debt and deficit disaster and now coming around. Is that is that settled? Where, where do you think the nation is with this conversation? Well, I think it just mainly reveals the, the breathtaking intellectual dishonesty of the Liberal Party, really. So for years and years and years, they told us that debt and deficit was a disaster. <laughs> that was the <laughs> phrase, the debt and deficit disaster, if you remember. And I, I covered a lot of those Labor budgets um, in 2009, 2010, 2011, um, and it was just a succession of coalition ministers and backbenchers lining up to stick the boot into Labor for having a deficit. You know, Labor's deficit had got to $50 billion. The sky is falling. The, the walls are caving in. Um, of course, this budget deficit is $213 billion, um, and Australia's debt will go out to $1 trillion. So uh, that's bad, I would have thought, if you're someone who's worried about debt and deficit. But fast forward to 2020, and no, nah, that's no, no big deal. It's just the government doing what it needs to do. Um, so, you know, anyone who thinks that the coalition won't turn on a dime next time Labor's in power and criticise Labor for spending, I mean, that's exactly what they'll do because it, it's not about the intellectual credibility of, of deficit spending here. It's about political signalling and, and that's what they'll keep doing. Mm. Even though Morrison has said that he he doesn't he want to tell people what to do with their money, i.e., the the tax cuts that they're going to get, <laughs> the, the idea is that people are going to go and spend that money to stimulate the economy. Do you think that this is going far enough to dig the economy out of the hole that it's in at the moment? And do you anticipate that spending will be forthcoming? Well, um, I think there's genuine concerns about that. So I talked to the economist Stephen Hamilton uh, last night. Uh, now, he's a sort of, um, I guess, centrist or even sort of small-c conservative economist. He's a neoclassical. He's by no means a lefty. And he's worried about this budget. He thinks that uh, it's not enough. Um, that it won't necessarily get Australia out of economic trouble. If you look at the budget forecasts in Budget Paper 1, it says that unemployment will be 6.5% in 2022. Employment will be growing very slowly and inflation will be low as well. I mean, that's, that's a recipe for economic stagnation. So despite all of the spending that they're doing, uh, you know, we're still only going to get back to 6% unemployment in three years' time. I mean, that's a real worry. Mm. Is there anything that sticks out to you that is, is um, favourable, something that was unexpected that, uh, you know, we can all get behind, do you think? Um, so, I mean, I think there's always little bits and pieces in any budget that are, that are welcome. Um, I understand there was some extra funding for mental health in the budget, um, so you can get more consultations um, through your GP for, for mental health. So that's obviously very welcome. Um, you know, there's there's bits and bobs in there that, that are okay, um, uh, but, I, you know, I, I have some, some real concerns about uh, the, the speed at which the stimulus is being wound back. So the fact that JobKeeper will end in March, you know, and the government's only replacing it with this, you know, pretty stingy wage subsidy that's only available for people up to the age of 35, I really question whether that's going to be enough to keep the economy rolling come March. Mm. And what are your predictions for when these deadlines approach and uh, everything becomes enacted? Oh, right. So um, the government will wrap all of this up into what it's calling an omnibus bill, um, which just means it's all the legislations wrapped together, and then they'll get Labor to pass that. I expect Labor will pass it. So um, the money will start to flow quite quickly. Quickly, um, but then you know the real concern I think is coming um, in March when JobKeeper ends and those that JobSeeker stimulus, the extra supplement for welfare recipients, when that's wound back to, I think that's the concern. Does Labor have an option here to not to, to push back, uh, to, just to not use rhetoric and to not just use words, but to actually push back and get any changes through? Yeah, I mean, Labor can refuse to vote for the bill, uh, but but it probably won't. Yeah, mm. <laughs> basically. So a lot like last year, where they told us that they opposed uh, stage three of the coalition's tax cuts, but they voted for it anyway. Mm. So uh, it's it's sort of hard to see Labor voting against this stuff. Uh, thanks very much, Ben. When when can we catch you next? Yeah, I think I'm back with Amy on Tuesday.
Cool. All right. Look forward to that. Tune into Uncommon Sense. Um, ben Eltham, really appreciate uh, you joining us this morning. No worries. Thanks, guys. Triple R on FM, digital, online, and via the app. Uh, it's our last day before we go on holidays. Where are you going to go? Nowhere. <laughs> in a bloody lockdown. <laughs> Remember the last holidays where we were actually going on holidays and the joke yeah. was, oh, we're not going to be able to get there because of the scary virus. You know, it's going to all be cancelled. And the joke is on us now because yeah. that, mm. that is what happened. I've stopped referring to it as holiday. I'm calling it time off. Oh, that's oh, sad. That's very clever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I'm just going to own it. It's I not a holiday. Have, but also time having, out. Yeah. yeah, I'm having some time off. Actually. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to have that follow-up question. All right, it's holiday. It's back. Yeah. Call it a holiday, mate. Holiday. Uh, so um, we've got some things to talk about before we get to our holiday, though. We're not on holidays yet. Um, we uh, Let's talk about what we had for dinner last night. Oh, we're doing a dinner review? Yeah, let's do a dinner review. Oh, what a classic. We're going it's out on a classic. Time <laughs> for a dinner review. Could it be you sitting on the loo doing a poo? Oh, okay. Goodness. That <laughs> was unexpected. Who wants to go first? Uh, Daniel, Daniel, you go first. Oh, look, dinners dinners have been really – I'm more – in terms of meals, I'm putting heaps of more pressure on lunches, and 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 it's it's. But I'm I'm spending too big on cakes. Uh, uh, Yesterday, cake for lunch. I eat so much cake at the moment. Yeah, there, there, there were a plate of yo-yos and custard tarts. Mm. Uh, and uh, Jessie did, however, she bought recently a vanilla slice. It's like you live in a bakery. <laughs> it was so it was so bad. She took a bite and threw it in the bin. <gasps> How can a vanilla slice be this bad? Okay, so I went to a friend's house the other day and she ordered some treats before we got there. One of which was a vanilla slice and didn't have icing on it. And that really angered her. But I was like, I don't think a vanilla ice traditionally has icing. I think that's an added bonus. Yeah. Uh, but, and I was like, how could you not want to eat a vanilla slice? So what was wrong with Jessie's? It was. Well, I, I, I didn't know that you could get a vanilla slice without icing and it was still a vanilla slice. That's news more, to me. Oh, uh, really? So, ah. I want to know what you're more appalled at. Was it the, the fact that the vanilla slice was uh, no good? Or the fact that she threw it in the bin and you never got to taste it. Well, she she th- she put it away. She didn't throw it in the bin first. I she was going to and I stopped her. Yeah, and had a bite. And I was like, "There's no way this is going to be bin worthy. There's no way she's completely oh. overreacted. She's a." She's she's a cake snob. That's what I was thinking. I was like, "There's no way. How do you screw up?" Anyway, it tasted like cheesecake. It was. Oh, it was. It wasn't custardy gross. enough. Yeah, right. made it taste like cheesecake. That's disgusting. That's right. A bad. Unless cheesecake. you sell it as a um, cheesecake slice. slice. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it it had a crumbly sort of consistency. It was. It was. It'd been too long in the fridge. I think it was time. Wow. I yeah. felt so angry for her. I felt sad because when you're buying a vanilla slice, it's usually because you want to feel temporarily t- some temporary relief and yeah. some happiness. Yeah. yeah, it's an investment in your in your future happiness. And any, that's right. Any baked goods is all about that temporary happiness, and if you don't get it. Like I always said, if I had to choose to die in a room eating things, it'd just be in a bakery eating baked goods. Oh. Right. Yeah. So I don't know why that situation would occur, but if someone was you like, know you know, good you about that, to get to choose, that's where yeah. it'd be. That's a perfect choice because in a bakery, you've um, it's the perfect sweet and savoury because you know yeah. have hot pie and then have a little finger bun afterwards. So you can overdo go back. it. Yeah. yeah. That's so to the fridge for a big end. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just picturing Uma Thurman in the coffin, <laughs> Kill Bill, just leaning over for a, a custard tart, uh, living the dream. But 
I yeah, I mean the the custard tarts are just because I get them. No one gets excited by custard tarts from I like love a, custard. I get excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah but they'll they'll eat them and they'll love them. But no yeah. one's like ooh. But like as it's happening, no one regrets it. Yeah, I don't know. I'm it's not a custard true. tart person. Well, they're they're like they can be. I, why do you like them, Jez? I mean, I'm I'm into them so because. I love yeah, I get. Yeah, I suppose. But then, why don't I like vanilla slices? Oh, I don't weird. love vanilla slices either. I don't love custard. I don't love vanilla slices. If you put those things in front of me, I'd go take me to like Lamington Town or yeah. Chocolate Brownie Town or Lemon Slice. Like that's where my yeah. taste slides. It doesn't slide towards the custard. Yeah, mm. I mean, if if I'm having, I don't remember the last time I had a caramel slice and wasn't in a world of stress. <laughs> like f- for me, a caramel slice indicates to me you're on deadline or you are so far behind or the world is caving in on you yeah. and you need temporary relief. They're like, su- they're like sugar crack. They're so intense. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, but when I commit, gee whiz, I commit, uh, but has anyone finished a caramel slice? I don't know if it's possible. I don't think you ever do it. Always get the end of <laughs> yeah, it mate. screwed up in a little bag. No, I don't believe it. Uh, I finished it. No problem. Yeah. That's such a lie. Uh, no, look at me. Of course I've finished them. <laughs> finish. I'll finish a couple. No, just just one. It might take a while. We'll go, oh, we'll save this for later. Mm. But no, nah, don't. So I'm, I'm sorry that was my lunch treat review, but that's where I've been. That, no, yeah, that's fine. Treats. Oh, my treats are my favourite thing at the moment. I've also just started buying bags, like secret bags of licorice that <gasps> I, feel, I feel kind of scared to tell Andrew about, but I do tell him eventually only because it's I eat the licorice around everything else I'm eating. So I'll be cooking dinner and I'll be having handfuls of licorice while I'm cooking dinner <clears throat> or I'll have licorice after lunch. I've just had this mad craving in the last two weeks for, oh, you've for good licorice, now. like yes. soft, soft yes. licorice. Yeah, and once you start, it's 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 like I feel like I have a secret problem. Yeah. Well, well, how far do you travel for the licorice? Is it readily available? Is it a within, special brand within the five kilometre zone? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a shop that sits just right on the edge of that five <laughs> Yeah, that makes a really nice soft licorice. But I do have to go. That none of the big supermarket chains have the good have the good oh, stuff. So I've noticed. Yeah, yeah, you've noticed that. Yeah, I've I've drive to, driven to a place near Moorabbin Airport for licorice. Oh, <laughs> see, I'm wow. so happy that you appreciate because when you get good licorice, it's all over. Yeah. I bought a bag from a market once. It was great. Anyway, <laughs> um, a bag how, of licorice. That's <laughs> how's your starving? How's your um, two? Because you started oh, my starving. Talk, you started your two five diet again. <laughs> yeah, I did, I'm doing the five two again. Five two. Um, yeah. It's working, um, which is good. And yes, so yesterday was a fasting day. Is that and, why you wanted to talk about food at six fifteen? Yeah, what an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Because I just had a – because, um, you know, Kath has, has been doing it as well, but she um, had to work yesterday. So she's like, nah, today's a writer for me. I can't I can't be fasting today. And I'm like, oh, that's that's okay. Um, you know, I think she's just doing it to support me, really. Um, I said, oh, that's fine. I can, I can do it without you. No problem. Um, and so for dinner, I just bought myself a frozen meal. And then I had a, I made myself a, a smoothie earlier on, but it was great. I had lots of water and oh, um, <laughs> so depressing. It was great. I had lots of water. Cool. Triple R. Sarah Smith's last day before she leaves to have a baby. Um, lots of um, text messages coming through, which has been really lovely. And I guess uh, Daniel and I, we should take this opportunity to um, say how much we love and appreciate all yep. the work that you've done. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's been what a year and uh, it's been one of the best things about it is being with you two each morning. Oh. Mm. 
Um, and it's very, it's, it's actually probably saved me in many respects. Um, and even though there's so much going on at home for everybody and, you know, you, the professionalism and you're always engaged and energetic and, uh, real. And, uh, you know, if I wasn't on this show, I'd be listening every morning cause I love hanging out with you. And, um, you know, you're, track listing of everyone's morning is a real gift to the city and uh, you'll be deeply missed, however, temporarily. Thank you. That's so nice. I mean, I don't know how to respond to these things, so now I just feel like I need to close my computer. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you would hate all this. It's very kind. Yeah, but, but also... No, I love, it's, so, it's so lovely. I just get... I go, I had a, never know what to say. But it's... And it's, you know, like 2020 has been shocking and our our show has gone through some epic changes, you know, and even, even when we were first separated uh, way back in, I don't know when April or earlier, March. March. March, Yeah. Mm. Um, You know, you were still in a studio on your own and Jez and I were in somewhere else, but we were together and the technical, the technical side, not only are you just tremendous on air and very exciting, the technical side that you just uh, master and execute and you in with a plomb and you're completely unflappable uh, and you're the safest pair of hands in broadcasting. It, it makes it – it gives a lot of freedom for us to have fun because you're – such an expert at wrangling this beast and it, we always run on time that's not that's not that's not nothing either when i say when i say it's you know triple r news it's 6 30 but ch- chances are it's just there and that's not nothing to be able to do that i know it sounds minor but it's a huge part of no, i appreciate that that's acknowledged that's one of the first. things that you appreciate that you work hard on the oh, most I and i know that is to yeah. make sure the news is on time so i hope people appreciate that um, I appreciate the feedback too, given that this is from um, you're speaking about someone who had you off mute the other morning by accident, talking to the whole city, <laughs> didn't realise you were, and also who who had you on mute when you were reading the news for about five minutes the other morning as well. So oh, <laughs> a, few, a few slip ups along the way. <laughs> well, it's good. It at least reminds us you're at least human. You're not a robot of perfection. Yeah, but imagine like I just it's quite impressive that you can do all that and talk at the same time. Like I'll, I couldn't, I couldn't do that. I'd be too distracted. I'm like, don't talk to me. I've got to press this button. So, you know, it's it's quite impressive. Um, obviously, I've written an acrostic poem for you, you because guys. you know that's what we do. And um, Laura Dunneman was on on Wednesday, and she wrote you an acrostic poem. And when she said that she was writing you one, I was like, damn you, Laura Dunneman, you're stealing my, <laughs> stealing my bloody thunder. Um, but she wrote, obviously, hers was called Sarah, because that's your name. Um, and I thought, well, I can't do, I thought maybe I could do Sarah, Sarah Smith. Um, but then I thought um, I would just write one called Farewell. Aww. So. Because um, I thought there's a good amount of letters. Yeah, and different letters. Like, it's like a good Scrabble word. Yeah. So, double L, though, to end with, that's fine. Um, so, F is for far out. I can't believe you're finally leaving. <laughs> a is for apple, which, and if you were a teacher, that is what you'd be receiving. R is for radiant, which you probably are, but I haven't seen <laughs> you IRL in six months, so yeah. I wouldn't know. <laughs> E is for excellent, which is the choice in the music you play, sweet beats, impressive tunes, and not too much bongo. Um, W is for waiting, which will be hard, but what we must do until the tune lord can return. Uh, E is for enjoy, which we hope you will do, even though the baby might give you heartburn. L is for labour, which for you no doubt will be a breeze, but there's no need to boast. L is for laughing, which I will miss doing with you the most. Oh, it's so nice, guys. Thank you. It's very kind. I'm quite emotional, so I don't want to talk. But thank you. For, I know, I feel like I'm, I think I said this the other day, I feel like I'm at my own funeral. Um, when I hear nice, people say nice things about you, but I, um, I. I probably would read that last line out at your funeral if I, which, yeah. You, yeah. 
You could do Ellis that whole... for laughing, which I will miss doing with you the most. <laughs> but it's it's also, you know, it's so good that you're leaving on for maternity leave because it's about time because every single morning you're thinking about other people, you're thinking about the listener, you're thinking about the show, uh, you're trying to wrangle so much and there are so many demands and it's good to focus on you. Yeah, I've, I've almost forgotten that I'm having a baby, to be honest, so it's mm. going to be nice to be able to think about that. But thank you, guys. Like, I know that... um. I know I'm coming back and all of that kind of stuff, but it has been mm. an extraordinary year. I don't know. I mean, I know the listeners um, have kind of ridden it out with us, but sometimes it's felt like what goes on behind the scenes on this show is, yeah. is uh, a lot of um, – it's been a, it's been very real this year, lots of kind of um, intense emotions and uh, occasionally crying and uh, lots of laughing as well. So I definitely, definitely couldn't have got through this year without you two. So and thank it- you. A lot of people don't realise that, you know, after the show we'll probably all, you know, sit together and just look at our windows. Um, <laughs> we'll just stare out into the distance. Yeah, just be like, oh, yeah. Oh, well. And I can't wait to see you guys in real life again. I don't know when that'll be, but it's mm. – I can't yeah. wait to hold your baby. Mm. Oh, I know. I can't wait to you, my nanny. Will, will you let me hold it? Will you let me hold yeah. it? Good. Yes. Yes, like – like if if I'm ever with you, if you have a baby and I'm ever around, I want to hold your baby. Yeah, why I don't I ever let you hold my baby. <laughs> yeah, people like I feel you know, people I feel embarrassed to ask. I feel like I have to wait for someone to go. Would you like to hold the baby? Yes, the answer is always yes. So <laughs> yeah. if, if you ever see me around, go. Would you like to hold? Yes, I would. I'd love to hold I'll your baby. I'll probably be ringing you after two weeks and going, mate, do you want to come and hold the baby? Because yeah, I need come to over. hold the baby. <laughs> I know how to support the head. <laughs> if, if case numbers don't go down, I'm worried that both of our kids will be 10 before they meet. Oh, but no. <laughs> <laughs> Triple R. Sarah's final morning before Matt leave. We're joined by a good friend and Friday funny bugger, Nat Harris. Hi, Nat. Hi, guys. Hello, Hi, Nat. Big day. It's an honour to be here to share oh. in your last day for, before be. Matt yeah. leave. Um, yeah, very exciting. So, obviously, wanted to mark the occasion with the Friday funny bugger oh, segment. Oh, that's very good. I feel like people are going to be sick of me by the end of the show. They'll be like, yeah, oh, for God's like, sake. Oh, good, God. then you'll be gone. Is everyone doing like maternity leave theme Sarah segments? No, I don't know. Well, we had a bit of a chat before. We had a bit of a chat before. I wrote an acrostic poem and Daniel said some very nice words. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. It's getting heartfelt and sincere. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. You've got to lean into it. I think. Absolutely. Well, I, yeah, so I was just kind of thinking about it. I'm like, what can I offer um, or do for the segment? Not much. Um, <laughs> I don't have much experience in the way of being pregnant or being a parent or anything like that. But I was thinking I can offer my unwavering support, though, to you that your baby be um, a tiger supporter. Thank you. I heard you guys talking about that, and I just felt you were being so diplomatic. You've really got to bring out the big guns and just be like, mate, I grew a nervous system. Like, I grew the baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, you just got to drop some facts. Like, yeah. it's just the way it's going to be. I was actually thinking as well, you should also maybe, like, get someone who's savvy with Photoshop to like Photoshop your um, ultrasound picture with like a little tiger in there. Is that possible? Anyone sure. who's standing with Photoshop, please, somebody make that happen for her. It's a good stunt during the delivery. Yeah, that works yeah, exactly. Panic through the ward. All that. It's, it's got whiskers. There we go. Uh, it's, it's a baby tiger. <laughs> Um, yeah, but like I said, I, I don't have that much advice to offer. I, I can also, though, I can, I've learned over the years things you shouldn't say or do um, to women who are pregnant, heavily pregnant. I learned this a lot from my friend Ash. She would write a very funny blog. Anyway, I'm like, oh, I do all those things. Um, so anyone out there in my position, um, 
you shouldn't yell, when are you due, out the car window if you see a pregnant lady walking on the street. That happened to her. An elderly man just drove past her and said, when are you due? Um, you shouldn't press their belly button if it's popped out and go ding dong. <laughs> um you also should never question – I would never do this. I would never do these next two. You should never question their coffee choice if it's not decaffeinated. You do the first two, though. Oh, yeah. did the first two, 100%. <laughs> when are you due? I just cruise the streets looking for pregnant women. <laughs> um, yeah, you shouldn't ever question their coffee, oh. yeah, if it's not decaffeinated or um, if they're having a wine. Anyway, she experienced a few of those. Um, but I do, I think, um, one thing I have to offer is I have a few anecdotes from my own childhood, I think, that would make any parent or parent-to-be feel more confident about themselves, okay? So I'm like, oh, you're going to be fine if you can just avoid a few of these things. I, reflecting, I realised that one of the family toys in or, yeah, like a toy in our family that's come through um, over, I think it's been around for, like, 40 years, is, like, a really kind of real-looking squeaky boob that my two-year-old niece still plays with. That's what it brought it to my attention. And this boob came into our family when my <laughs> when my great-aunt um, was denied a loan to open a sex shop. Um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. She was going to call it Pussy Willow. <laughs> yeah. She wanted my parents to go like guarantees on the loan, and the bank's like, I don't think you should. Um, so, anyway, she was rejected the loan, and so then she'd already bought stock, and so she gave everyone stock for Christmas. And so it was this plastic squeaky boob that we used to play in the bath with as kids and it's still around and my two-year-old niece still plays with it. So, I know. And it's like quite real looking, like the areola, like there's detail on that. Cool. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I and mean it's – Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's cool. cool. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, try avoid that. That's what my happened is, 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 do you, is there any regret in not in, investing in this sex store? Yeah, no, I mean, who knows? I'll have to ask my parents. But, no, I think they made the right decision at the time. Mm. Mm. Well, but, now you've got this family air boob. And- I know. <laughs> now we all – another uh, – my cousins have the they have the left boob. It's a beautiful <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just Family air boob. Is, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Can we just <laughs> appreciate that a little bit more? Yeah, my sister literally has to negotiate with my two-year-old niece, like, not to take the boob to get a baby Chino. <laughs> 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 that's an indoor toy, yeah? That's a that's, – like imagine um and another thing that well I think I've mentioned this to you before anyway but basically as a four-year-old my dad picked me up from kindergarten and he pulled a u-turn on a busy road and he didn't bother to check whether I'd um had my seatbelt on or closed my the door properly we were both pretty tired he pulled a u-turn the door swung open and I fell out onto the road (gasps) yeah I know and then he like swooped me up it was quite a busy road as well and I did in my dad's defense and mine we were both pretty tired big day at kinder and um out of a van and then he scooped me up and then he took me to the milk bar and tried to bribe me not to tell mum. <laughs> what did he bribe you with? Um, killer pythons, yes. Oh, good. <laughs> Do you reckon you being tired probably saved, saved your life because you went limp as you I you think so. Yeah. I do. I kind of remember it. I'm like, I remember just leaning and we were just chatting and it was like a van, so it was high up as well. <laughs> And I remember a guy pulling up, like, I, I can't remember how dad managed to scoop me up so quickly. And then he pulled over and he was just like panting on the side of the road. And a guy just pulled up in like a Ford and be like, she all right, mate? He's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think about that. 
out when I see like my niece who's eight and I'm still like, should she be in a booster seat? Like, I don't know, everything's strapped in so much. And then I'm like, wait a minute, she's going to be fine. I fell out of a van. And did you me. Exactly. Did you, did you take the python and snitch anyway? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. As soon as I got home, I absolutely snitched. Yeah. I mean, I come from a family of four girls. So if there was any opportunity to get some attention, it was now. Yeah. yeah. As soon as I walked in and then – I remember as soon as we pulled up home, um, I started limping from the car. (laughs) But I was, like, completely fine. And I remember my dad just shooting me a look like, you're going to stitch me up on this, aren't you? And I was a bit like 100%. I was just rushing on sugar from all the killer pythons. And I was just like, I'm out of the car. (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, if you can avoid either of those – You'll be fantastic. Yeah. Thank God. I, that's great that's advice. my parenting that's advice. Really great advice. Thank you. Thank you. I'm that's really so – I just – did your dad recover? How, was he in the doghouse for years or was was it all right? Uh, I can't remember. Probably. <laughs> I mean, maybe that was the beginning of the divorce. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I know. The strangers didn't think it was like an abduction scenario. <laughs> yeah. Imagine seeing that. Like, yeah. that would be, I just feel like kids don't fall out of cars anymore. <laughs> yeah. no, you were the last one. <gasps> oh, I was the last one. Uh, um, Nat Harris, uh, always a pleasure. We're going on holiday and we'll uh, see you on the other side. Yes, and enjoy your maternity leave. Thank you. For all of your amazing work on the radio, Sarah, I love it. And um, you know, being a mother, I've heard it's super easy, but not very <laughs> rewarding. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. Triple R. Uh, we all know that Sarah is about to go on mat leave, and so it's our last show together for a you know a very long time. Um, and we thought it would be nice to um, get on a, a special guest to say, um, I guess, a, a special farewell. Um, I'm I'm going to call them now. So Sarah, you can just talk about um, who you th- maybe who you think it might be, or I don't want to guess because it. Like, I don't yeah, want the per- I don't you- want I don't want the person to feel bad about themselves if I understand you know but I I do just really want to quickly say a big thank you though to um we've got there's so many lovely text messages coming in and I obviously can't reply to them all or or just I'd be very self-indulgent but I just wanted to say thanks to everyone who's been texting in because it's making me very emotional and happy so thank you very much for that do I not sound emotional? <laughs> no, it was, it's making me very emotional and oh, happy. Oh, no, it is. No, no, you I, are, of I course. Just, I just, yeah, it is. I just don't want to, um, I don't want to cry. So I, I'm, I'm, yeah, calling, exactly. I'm calling our special guest now. And, um, I, any clues? I hope this works because we're doing this live. I don't, I don't know if we, um, set this up that they'd be coming straight on air. And also, you see their phone number. I hope that, um, that's the right number. It's one of your engineering buddies from uni. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't do that callback. <laughs> and we managed to get our special guest to say a special farewell and all the best for Sarah Smith. It's her best friend, Matthew Richo Richardson. <laughs> Yay! Richo! Surprise, Thank Sarah. you. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, how are we? Oh, so good. All the better for hearing your voice, of course. Uh, I just wanted to uh, wish you all the very best for the pending arrival coming up soon. And I'm sorry that I didn't answer the phone a few minutes ago, but, uh, yeah, good morning. I hope you're going well. Oh, thank you. Do you have any uh, hot – you've just become a dad for the second time around. Do you have any hot tips for uh, par- parenting tips for me? Because <laughs> I need all get of them. All, get all the sleep that you can now in the next, uh, next few weeks before the baby comes along because, yeah, it's going to – Turned upside down, but for the better, absolutely. Yeah, actually, our, our new little daughter, Riley, who's just over three months now, she's actually been pretty good, but, uh, yeah, she, Zoe was... So, yeah, they're all different. Please. <laughs> I think you walked back. Sleep, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And Richard, when you first agreed to be a guest at Sarah's request, did you have any idea that um, you would give an inch and Triple R would take such a mile? <laughs> <laughs> I love it, though. I love it. That's what it's all about. That's community radio and, uh, you know, and I guess we stick together. It's been a yes. few years for Richmond supporters, so I guess once you, once you get a bond, uh, you, you keep it going. You do bloody stick together. Thanks, Richard. I feel I I feel when I heard it was you just before when we reached your voicemail, I was like, oh no, Paul Richard, like he got <laughs> you've already done it. You did a video for me for my virtual baby shower, which was such a surprise and it was really kind of you. And uh, we got you on for a radiothon. And I was like, well, I think we've just got to leave Richo alone. Like I, <laughs> I feel so bad, but I'm also. You know I needed something this morning, though, because I'm really nervous about tonight. Richmond's playing tonight, so I need uh, a little distraction this morning. So I'm very happy to take the call. What are your plans for the game? Are you calling it? No, no, I'm not tonight. I've got tomorrow night. I've got the Cats game tomorrow night. So we've got some uh, some food already planned, 1-800-Lasagna, a couple of, uh, oh, couple of glasses good. of wine and watch the game. 1-800-Lasagna, that's a good plug, and they're worth plugging as well. That sounds yeah. like good. How good is it? It's uh, it's probably the best last I've ever had. So yeah, we've got that order tonight, <laughs> and hopefully your, uh, a Richmond win. What's your vibe for the game? Oh, I think you know the Saints have you know the Saints have got nothing to lose. They've had a really good year. Obviously, Richmond had the double chance for a reason, so that they can obviously use that tonight. But I don't think it'll be as a, a Richmond are the hot favourites. But I think it's going to be a close game because. I think the Saints are playing well, but I think I, I think Richmond should get the job done, yeah. I reckon. Hey, if we go all the way, do you get some exemption to fly to Queensland to watch us play in the grand final? No, no, I don't. I know Brian Taylor's currently up there now uh, quarantining, so he can call the grand final. So he went up last Friday, I think, so he's got a week to go. So no, I won't be calling the grand final, but um, we'll be working from a studio down here in Melbourne if... if um, if Richmond get through, I'll be working, and if they don't get through, I'll be working. So, yeah, looking forward to it. Oh, sick. Oh, Richo, thanks so much for joining us today as well. I love the idea that we're both going to be eating. I'm also got lasagna tonight. So oh, I really? Like, yeah, yeah. So I like that we're both going to be eating lasagna and watching the game. It's, you know, it's a bonding moment. Awesome. <laughs> it is. And, I, and, Sarah, all the best. I, I look forward to getting some really good news soon. And, yeah, take care and all the best for the new arrival. Thanks, Richo. Thanks, Richo. No Thanks, guys. Cheers. Bye. 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 Melbourne's own Triple R. You've been listening to a podcast, The Best Bits of the Breakfasters, which is the Monday to Friday breakfast show broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia. Feel free to get in touch with Breakfasters via Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or via the Triple R website. <laughs>